Welcome to the Church on the North Coast podcast. Our greatest desire is to encourage ministry leaders, empower and equip volunteers for the ministry and strengthen and build the believer. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Pastor Troy Thompson. And so glad you tuned in. That is my watch going off. I apologize for that. Thank you for tuning in. I'm glad you're with us today. Uh, I'm all alone in the studio. I promised myself that I would do more of these. So, uh, so welcome. Uh, you know, what I want to do is just talk to uh, the audience today about some things that, uh, well, that God's just revealing to me, or perhaps I feel would be beneficial uh, to entrepreneurs or uh, stuff that's just happening in society, uh, but kind of alone, alone, doing it alone, uh, offers me the opportunity to kind of not trap anybody else in my conversation, I guess. So welcome to the podcast. I, I got some stuff I'll be dealing with today. I'm going to break them down. So, uh, I know I've been gone for a while. I apologize. It got real busy. It got real busy, and so I'm gonna dump a, a ton of podcasts in the uh, in the can today. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do probably three or four of them today, and try to do that consistent consi- more consistently. So I apologize. I, I've been here for a couple of weeks. I did me two or three. I went on vacation, my anniversary, my birthday. Uh, then uh, you know. It's hunting season, so I, I tried to spend a couple of days at least uh, in in nature. So, uh, well, the first one I want to talk about today is uh, something I picked up from Gray, uh, Craig Grishel. Not not sure if you're familiar with him, but uh, he, he's a phenomenal uh, church leader, uh, influencer. I hate to use that word uh, today because it's been so just demolished by society and culture. But, uh, you know, to create influence is a positive thing. He is doing a phenomenal job leading us, uh, not just in the church, but outside the church as well. He has a podcast. So uh, this is, these are kind of break off things that I, you know, pick up from people. I guess, uh, you know, I want to give permission to people uh, to do that more. You know, pick up something. Uh, don't replicate it, but pick up the nugget and and don't be... I guess be timid about it. Like, no, that you know that the spark of uh, of revelation is necessary. Um, that's that's why you listen to that. You don't you don't listen to things uh, to replicate or to you know kind of copy what what that is. But so you're not a mockingbird, but you are you know you are picking up uh, some stuff from there and then originating your own revelation from it. I. Uh, I think it's the greatest compliment you can pay to somebody to pick up some some truth that they that you receive from them. My phone is going my my, my watch is going off here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a moment to there you go. I'm gonna turn off. Yeah, but uh, to pick up something from someone is a is a really a it's a it's a compliment to them. When I hear uh, you know like I hear something that you know I'm like man I just talked about that and 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 somebody you know, listen to it and picked up something. That's, I'm like, man, that's good. I'm glad. And uh, it happens a lot. It happens a lot around here where we, we bounce off of one another, uh, a phenomenal team um, that digs deep into God's word. 
and so uh, it happens a lot. You, you just pick up revelation and, and take it and then, you know, expand upon it. So this is from Craig Rochelle's this last podcast. I forget the name of it. You have to forgive me. But uh, basically he talks about four basic uh, wants of a thriving team or family or business or, you know, you, you put, put it whatever it is you want there. There are four basic wants of a team that really thrives, a family that really thrives. And the first one is a mission to accomplish. People need a mission to accomplish. Number two, a culture to embrace. Number three, a place to grow. And number four, people to enjoy. So I don't necessarily want to break them down. He does a a great job at that. So you can go and listen to his podcast and get that. But I want to talk about number two, a culture to embrace. And I think it's, uh, it's really important to talk about and take a drink of coffee here. That's probably annoying to a lot of people. But uh, I want to talk about a culture to embrace. Yes, uh, cultures to embrace are really important. Um, if To be honest, like starting over again, I would give way more attention to the culture that is being created. And whether you want to admit it or not, uh, culture exists. And you're either passively allowing something to form or you are aggressively creating something that has intention that has a virtue that has you know heaven in it or you're just allowing just stuff to and if you just allow it like it's dangerous it's just a dangerous thing to happen just to allow you know uh, culture to kind of create itself based around you know, passivity. It's, it's a bad idea. There's going to be terrible, uh, cataclysmic, uh, repercussions from that. Uh, there'll be poor attitudes. There'll just be so much, uh, so, so, so much that goes wrong there. So I just want to talk about maintaining a culture, uh, to embrace, maintaining the culture that you want to embrace. It's not enough that you, you, uh, set it in motion once and then forget about it. You have to make, it has to be maintenanced. And this is something that is so, uh, you know, you'll become very aware of it. uh, And it doesn't take a whole lot for your culture to begin to degenerate. I mean, literally I've just seen, I can, I can like come back after being gone for a couple of weeks and then the morale is down and suddenly you know, there's, there's just contention and and you don't, and you can't really put your finger on where it started, but I've learned, I've learned over 25, 26 years doing this, that, um, the reason cultures kind of break apart or begin to break down is because they require constant maintenance and it, it requires everyone's all in attention. So at number one, I would, you know, tell you, to tell your team, like, listen, get your team in a room, get your family in a room and, and stress to them the priority of your culture, establishing, you know, the culture that you desire. Um, we have a value system. Uh, you know, there's like eight core values of our culture, uh, that we, that we pound, uh, you know, whether we're overt with it or covert, like there is this, you know, there are these eight core values that we just kind of doggedly don't let go of. And, uh, and we don't allow them to be violated. And so I would say, first of all, establish what you want, like just like the environment you want, the ecosystem you, you desire, like create it intentionally, 
Don't allow it to exist passively. I would encourage this in in every area, whether it's just separate ministries uh, in a church or it's a business you're running. I would encourage you to establish the culture you want. Get your team together, create core values, and then talk about action items of like how you do what you do and what you do not do. How, you know, establish boundary lines. We do not violate these things. We do not permit these things. Really, really take the time to digest it. And I think uh, for a lot of creatives, uh, this is where it, the wheels fall off because you're, we're creative. We have great innovative ideas and we can just masterpiece our, you know, the landscape. However, it's like you if you don't if you don't pay attention to your ecosystem and there is, you know, there is a bullfrog, you know, desecrating your your waters uh it's gonna it's going to affect your team and this is something that i've seen a lot it just requires constant maintenance like and you think you dress you address it once and you can just walk away from it but that's not true you know i've learned this with vision over the years uh, you know we'll celebrate 50 years in november and one of the things I noticed with vision is that you would say a thing and you think the thing you say is crystal clear and you're like, people understand that and you want to, you want to move on and you feel disingenuous. Uh, I, I will say this. I, I, it's hard for me to say things from my mouth that I don't feel in my heart, but I know in my head, if that makes sense. I know it makes sense to some people, but it's really hard for me to say it authentically with my words if my heart is not attached to it. And it's, it becomes really difficult to continue to cast vision over and over and over again because you're like, you get it. And as a leader, you get it. And so you, it becomes difficult for you to cast vision continually because you're just so over it. You're like, I've already conquered that mountain. Can we just move on to the next one? And and as leaders, we become really uh, not bored, but well, yeah, bored. We become bored. We just become disinterested in things that we've already in our mind uh, conquered, uh, established. This is it, you know. And when we say this is it, we're like moving on now. We've done that. I thought we already, you know. And you, you got to come back and the other way. So vision is something that you have to cast over and over and over again. So repetition matters uh, to your to your culture. Just because you said it once doesn't mean you, that you 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 won't say it again. You got to keep on saying it, and it becomes difficult to do genuinely. You have to really focus on that as a leader. It's a, one of the biggest hardest things for me to do is to continue to uh, say it authentically and genuinely. Uh, from my heart when I feel like in my mind we've already done this like we've we've already been to this point I've already experienced the emotion of of uh pulling this off so let's let's move on but so maintaining a culture to embrace it is important uh it's so important that everybody that's swimming in your fish tank understands that this is the culture we there are rules there are you know there are uh, limits. There are there are things that we do. There are things that we don't do to one another. Uh, we don't, you know, like there's just so many that we practice that, and a lot of them you don't talk about, but you practice. Uh, like honor, honor is something what well, we do talk about a lot, but it's 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 one of those things where you don't dishonor. Um, um, but anyhow, so let's let's get to them. maintaining a culture to embrace. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is attitude. Uh, this one. Um, it is, it's, 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 
it's really easy to say, but it's hard to uh, pull off uh, because sometimes attitudes are not right. <laughs> you know, uh, people can get funky attitudes uh, for the for the smallest of reasons. Uh, they get in their emotions, they get in your feelings, and you know, leaders we do we do as well. Uh, you just get in your 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 feelings, and you get a bad attitude. And so, uh, but that I was I was listening to uh, someone the other day. Uh, uh, her name is Vanessa Van Edwards. Vanessa Van Edwards. She did a study on how emotions, or she she talked about the study that they did on emotions and how emotions are contagious that uh, that they put these people in the room and one room was full of people and one person was planted with negative emotions and the whole room uh, became you know negative cynical uh, suddenly and then they did the opposite effect on the other side and they learned that you know Everyone became happy, so they planted this happy person, and everyone in the room suddenly became happy. And so I want you, you need to tell your team, and you, we need to understand that our attitudes are contagious. Whether we want to believe that or not, our attitudes are obvious. I want to say that. It's very obvious when your attitude stinks. It's easy. Your attitude, attitude's so much more of an indicator for me of aptitude than anything else. It, this for me, uh, if I were uh, have had to hire, you know, a very competent person, you know, excellent in competence, but had uh, often a terrible attitude, I wouldn't hire them. I'd rather hire the average competence with highly contagious, optimistic attitude. Can do, won't, you know, won't ever be. I would choose the the better attitude every time, hands down, hands down, every time. Just give me somebody that has a great attitude. Uh, and I, as a former terrible attitude person, I know exactly what a bad attitude looks like. I know what a passive-aggressive behavior looks like. And I, had, I have to repent often for, like all, for many times of having a terrible attitude, just a terrible attitude. And I, I wish I would have learned this probably as young as possible, I wish I would have learned that attitude is so much more a part of your success than your than your ability ever will be. This goes to mindset. I read a study the other day. 80% uh, of success comes from your mind, your thoughts, your attitude, and 20% comes from your ability. Uh, that tells me that you can have a, a, a phenomenal attitude and not as much aptitude and be way more successful than the people that have uh, that are smarter than you. Uh, I don't claim uh, anymore to be that smart. I just I just I just try to come into the room with a great attitude of success, a great attitude of accomplishment, and always see always see the cross, always see the victory, always see. The favor always gratitude will help you with this. So if you have a bad attitude, uh, one of the things that it's an indication of is you're not grateful for for what's happening in your life. And we can always find a way to be grateful. So so talk about attitude. Maintaining a culture uh, to embrace means you have to you have to have a great attitude. And and part of being having a great attitude is having gratitude. So attitude is attached to your gratitude. Be happy, be thankful, and uh, they go together. 
Uh, number two, uh, body language. I see this a lot. I see this a lot from uh, highly effective leaders that have poor, they could be great leaders in areas, but they tune out when it's obvious that they tune out and they're communicating with uh, their body language. Um, they're indicating to the team around them that the, the others around them aren't valuable. Uh, just the sulking, the, the, the head down, the, you know, the look aways. Uh, it's, it's funny to me. I, you know, I, I speak every Sunday a lot. I speak every Sunday at least two, two times. And then on, uh, on Wednesdays often I speak and in between, but, uh, I'll, I'll be sharing. And it's interesting to watch people's body language when you're sharing. And, and of course, you know, the speaker has a lot to do with that, but there are some that you can tell they ha they've made a conscious decision that they're going to communicate uh, resistance with their body language, and and I think as if we're going to create a culture that is uh, that's that that's allows people to thrive and that they want to embrace, uh, then we have to be conscious of how we sit in that room, how we look at others in that room, our eye contact, how, are we smiling with our eyes or with our mouth? Uh, you know, are we? Are we giving attention? Are we contributing? Uh, so body language is important. Pay attention to your body language. Point, you know, oftentimes I will intentionally point myself and my knees towards the person that's talking, lean in, angle my head slightly, and I'll give all the cues uh, to the person that I am paying attention. I'll give them nods, three slow nods. Uh, you know, it's just, it's important that we, uh, participate with our entire being. So your body, pay attention to your body language, pay attention to the body language in the room, and uh, you can create and maintain a culture uh, to embrace. Number three, engagement. Make sure you're engaged. Make sure your team is engaged. Do your best to engage always in a room. If you want to maintain your culture, you have to engage. You have to intentionally engage. You can't come into a room and not participate. I see this a lot. I see, you know, this goes hand in hand with the bad attitude and the body language. Uh, as soon as, the, you know, you're coming with bad attitude and poor body language, suddenly you, you're disengaged. You're not paying attention. You're on your phone. You're looking at your screen. Uh, do your best to put your screens away and take out a pen and paper and take notes. Uh, and, you know, I try to do this in all my meetings. I try to take notes. I, I try to come into them with a pen and paper, and I try to engage, engage in the conversation, contribute, uh, repeat back what people are saying, uh, uh, give them uh, affirmation that they are heard. I try to do that uh, as, as, as much as possible. Number four, how you communicate is, uh, is as important as what you communicate. A lot of people use this expression like, we're really poor at communication. And then those same people communicate with such vitriol. They'll communicate negatively. Uh, for example, uh, so, so it's, not, it's not important that you communicate as much as you communicate with uh, optimism and possibility. So th this is what I would, this is what I try to lead by and try to, you know, encourage our team to do is lead by, uh, communicate with optimism. So don't present the negative, always present the positive. So you can form a question one of two ways. You can form a question negatively, or you can form a question with possibility attached to it. Um, like if the, if the trash can is full, you could say, how come nobody emptied this trash can? Or uh, we can say something to the effect of, 
I, I, I love it when, you know, we often, uh, I love it when the trash can's empty, man. I love an empty trash can when I walk into a room. It tells me that the room's prepared. It tells me that the room's been clean. You know, so it's, it's a way to form the question. Why is this trash can always full when I walk in the room? Or I love it when I come into a room and that trash can's, you know, empty, you know, it's not full of trash. So just presenting. So it's not just what, it's not just that you are communicating is that you are communicating with positivity, with possibility, with hope. Nobody, no one wants to embrace a culture of hopelessness, negativity, pessimism, cynicism, suspicion, competition. Nobody wants to live in that fish tank. So have to be Uh, really conscious of how we're communicating. Uh, Number five, creating safety in the room, making everyone in your ecosystem feel like they are safe, like they are protected, like they are covered. This is something that um, I value. I only want to be in environments um, that I feel safe in, which is, which is, you know, impossible. I know it's impossible, but I'm able to be myself in places where I feel safe. Uh, so that means if if my fish tank doesn't make me feel like I'm able to be myself, I don't feel safe. And so uh, I don't. I can tell when I'm not safe. When I'm not safe, I'm not being myself. And I can tell when others don't feel safe because they're not being their self. And so there are those moments when you'll see glimpses of people and you can see their real self. And in those moments, pay attention and you'll see them. You'll see glimpses of people when they're, they're most happy and they're, and they're most safe and they're presenting to you who they truly are. Uh, you're having a, a, a real conversation with a real, with the real person, you know, that's in front of you. It's uh and, and conversely, it, it, you can tell when you're not having a conversation with the person in front of you. Their questions are guard, their answers are guarded. Their conversation is short. Um, so you know, making the room feel safe is important. This is important for everyone. It's important for the leader. It's a, it's important for you know every part of your of your team, every person on your team that they feel safe. Uh, you know, so um, but. I will say this, like you're not responsible once you've, once you've created the environment, you're not responsible uh, for their psychological safety, I guess, you know, because a lot of people are dealing with insecurities that, you know, that can only be healed by Jesus. And so listen, you're going to have to deal with that. You can't keep continue to bring that into this ecosystem when this is a safe place and we've communicated that over and over we've consistently you know reinforced that with how we love and care for one another and then you know somebody come continues to come in now when that happens you know you 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 definitely have to address it and you have to address it unfortunately you have to address it you know conflict has to has to happen you have to confront it there has to be conflict and there has to be resolution but making people feel safe is important because it it allows people to be authentic and genuine. It allows them to be their best, their optimum when they are who God made them to be. And I guess, you know, more than anything, that's what you're looking for. That's why they're on your team. That's that's what they must understand that, you know, 
you can do something none of the other team members can do, none of the other family members can do. So we need you to feel safe, and we need you to contribute like just like you do. So we're not competing with one another, which leads me to number six. And finally, uh, it's empowerment versus competition. Uh, you know, competition is this subtle, sneaky, violent, just despicable thing that happens you know with everyone everyone uh it's a it's a it's a hunger and a thirst for validation that it you know you got to recognize it in yourself and it's it, it's it's really easy to be competitive because and it stems from like you want to be affirmed you want you want to make a difference you want to be significant and so what you're doing is you're using your team members Anytime you find yourself using your team members to one up and make your to validate yourself or creating and rallying people to like give you a clap is like oh it's 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 counterintuitive it's not something that's that's creating uh, a culture to embrace and so the other, the opposite is true when you take the opportunity to empower to affirm others to to clap for them to lift them up suddenly you're creating a culture that everyone like feels good in it's it just it's it's the perfect temperature water like it's just the environment is is perfect but whenever there's competition in a room especially in, in the kingdom you know and this is for you know spiritual leaders like we have got to stop with the the competition the one upping the the self-promotion is driving me insane right now in the kingdom. Could we please stop posting ourselves? Like, it's just obnoxious. Uh, I, you know, I try to make a very conscious effort to post everyone else and not myself. And I realize for branding's sake, you know, for your whatever it is you do, you may need to, to promote the thing that has your you in it and on it. But mostly, as leaders, we must promote others empower others not ourselves let others let others clap for you when they want to don't don't coerce it don't don't manipulate it don't you know it's just important you could put the content have somebody else put publish the content you know what i mean that's the best way to do it like you know hire somebody to to publish your content but self-promotion it it just it triggers competition and it creates insecurity with all the other team members. Whenever we do this to, to one another, we have to stop competing. There is no reason for us to compete. There's so many unsaved people. I'm talking to church now. There's so many unsaved. The harvest, it, the fields are white unto harvest. But it's the laborers that are needed. And if we're going to ever, if we if we're ever going to capture the heart of laborers, we can't make them feel insecure we can't make them feel lesser than us we have to do what jesus did and said greater work shall you do than i did greater work you have to you have to continue to to tell them like you're going to my ceiling is your floor man i've i've gotten to this but i want you to exceed me and i want to push you and i want to promote you and i want i want you to be in front of me and i want you to be out out there you know getting all the accolades and if we continue to do that we we create a culture that 
everyone loves and everybody wants to embrace. There you go. Maintain a culture, maintaining a culture to embrace attitude, body language, engagement, how to communicate, not just to communicate, create safety and empowerment versus competition. Always empower your team. I love you. It was great being with you today. I want to tell you to wake up tomorrow and hustle like heaven. Make sure somebody out there feels the effects of your influence. Bring heaven to your home, your city, your nation. Don't wait till it's too late. Get to a place that manufactures hope this Sunday. Go to church. I'm Pastor Troy Thompson. It's great being with you. Later, guys.